Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, what an exciting day already. Uh, Oh? Yes. As you are eating your breakfast, I have put dessert in front of you. You, you have. And I'm very glad that Ginger Justin, producer Emmy, and you, Jarrett, are all in the room to share in this special moment. Well, I it's, it's great that someone's glad about it. Because all of us are nervous. I, th- I know that all of you look a little bit upset with me for 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 not forgetting this. Not not to... upset, but just ungrateful. Okay, <laughs> you've got to you've got to just try it because this wedding cake. This is the wedding cake that I ate. A year ago, what, it was 366 days ago. Mm-hmm. And, You're not selling this. And <laughs> and I did get a real, this guy knew what he was doing. It was a really good cake. I have to say, of there were things that I could, would have changed about my wedding. I mean, of course, it was perfect the way it was, imperfections and all. But the cake was something that we did a great job on. I mm-hmm. will say I'm confident in the cake game. And I even went through my archives and figured out what flavor this is because we had three different flavors of wedding cake. Now, I ate this frozen cake. It's been frozen for a year. I ate it on Sunday. I said, if you were listening yesterday and or if you're just tuning in, you missed it. I tried it I tried it on Sunday and it was good. Mm-hmm. It was pretty damn good yeah. for a year old cake. Yeah, no, we're we're all I mean, Emmy, Justin, aren't you guys thrilled? Yeah. About this. <laughs> like, so, this is a gift. This is so it exciting. Is. Um, okay, okay, thank you, producer Emmy. Okay, let's... I feel like I'm getting a lot of negativity from the I, men in the room. I, what kind of cake is it? What's, What's the flavor? Why do you gotta bring gender into it? <laughs> right, this is a non-gendered uh, uh, dejectedness. Okay. Okay, what is the flavor? So I did three flavors for my wedding cake. One of them was lavender cake with vanilla buttercream and what strawberry jam. The second, the second one was lemon cake with vanilla buttercream and raspberry well, compote. What the hell is this? This one is chocolate cake with pecan meringue and butterscotch buttercream. Okay, let's all take so a bite. So hope no one's allergic to nuts. Eat up. Thank you. <laughs> is it not pretty good for a year? Keep in mind, it's a year old. Oh. Let me tell you, it is well in mind that it's a year old. <laughs> um, it's not bad. Not bad? It's not. I mean, it's like like frozen cake has like a muted flavor kind of thing happening, but it's not bad. I mean, it still has a decent flavor to it. Am I wrong? It's yeah. really good. <laughs> I think it that is. force-feeding your coworkers expired uh. food should be an impeachable offense. Oh. But it's actually pretty good, we're gonna isn't la- it? We're going to launch an impeachment inquiry. I will say the wooden skewer tastes a little hard, but... <laughs> well, you didn't have to uh, eat that part. I mean, just saying. Um, Emmy? It's good, but I'm allergic to it. <laughs> you are? <laughs> no, it's like an intolerance, not an allergy. Do you see my arm, how it's like raised in goosebumps? Yeah. No way. Are you Maybe. serious? Mm-hmm. What are Wait, you what are you to? allergic to? I have like a, a weird thing with like really sugary stuff. Like if I consume it, like I just get like hot sweats and like I immediately get goosebumps, as you can see. Oh, like really man. So basically, Allie just tried to kill you is what I'm hearing. Impeachable. Exactly. I told you. I'm saying, we're going to be launching an impeachment inquiry into this. I will say it's it's pretty tasty. It's um, that is one of the most, like, that seems like a problem that my sister would have. 
Like, <laughs> I'm allergic to sugar, so I just have to eat really healthy foods all the time. You know what I mean? That's actually kind of a nice allergy to have. You're, oh, and he also doesn't I mean, sweat because of, like, a procedure she had that, like, one of the side effects of it was she doesn't sweat above her shoulders or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, Emmy, I hate love you. Like... I'm kind of mainly rooted in jealousy. Yeah. But, yeah. I got in a car accident and my nose became more perfect. Exactly. Unbelievable. I, I cracked my nose and now it's just like perfectly yeah. straight. I'm actually addicted to kale. It's like a problem. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm addicted to kale. <laughs> well, I, you know. I have to work out every morning or my body just doesn't work. It's just like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm okay. Well, I'm glad that you braved the the uh, treacherous water treacherous waters of sugar in order to uh, pay off this honor bit, Emmy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you don't wrong. I, mean, your I life. override my allergy all the time because I don't actually like get sick from it. I just like my cheeks start itching really bad and I get goosebumps. And it's I get like, natural blush and get prettier. Eh, exactly. No price to pay. That's us having to rush her to the hospital. Now I'm nervous. Like, yikes. Okay. They're like, um, let the hot girl through, everyone. Exactly. Let her throw. Um, she's glowing. <laughs> um, okay, so so that's uh, so eight out of what? What would you give one out of ten before I move on? Oh, um, the more uh, I, you grade it on a curve because it was frozen for a year. The more I eat it, the more I like it. Um, I would say it's a solid three. I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> my god! No, that it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. I I thought you were you were pranking us and we we're gonna eat it. It was gonna taste no, like no. I'm legitimate. Ass. I wouldn't do that. I just no, the ass cake I left at home. Thank you. Um, the ass cake I left at home. I would say it's about a seven and a half, eight. Ginger Justin? I think at its peak, it was like an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a seven and a half. Okay. What about you, producer Emmy? I had eight in mind before really? Sucka spoke. She's like, she's like I mean, this allergies aside. <laughs> allergies aside, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. All right. So seven and a half, eight out of 10, which is pretty damn good. Thank so you very much. For me, um, I'm like dragging this morning because I was out until one o'clock in the morning. Well, you went to Michael's show, which I did. Michael Kilgore, we had on the show yesterday, a brilliant vocalist and a friend of yours. Yes. Uh, he's in Little Shop of Horrors here in LA, but also he was touring with Indy and uh, he's got a he perf- big Rolodex. Yeah, he, nice he had resume. A, he had like a solo like performance last night at eleven um, p.m. At, at, it started at eleven, and like let me tell you, when the girl got up there to introduce him at eleven, it, when it crossed over to eleven oh one, I was like, "Shut up! I'm Just leaving!" <laughs> oh my gosh! Like ten, like ten fifty. I'm sitting there like I could really go home right now. I'm so tired, but I've waited so long. Um, but this was after he and I went to this Jack Daniels event. I'm wearing a t-shirt from that last night. Jack Daniels has a new drink coming out. It's called Tennessee Apple. And, like, I'm a big fan of the Tennessee honey that they do. So they had, like, this cool, like... They found a way to make Jack Daniels gayer? It's It was so good. With and, like, apple? Of course they it was. Ha- it was delicious. You're gay. You're right. going to think no, like, apple this was This was infused. so right up my alley. <laughs> um, and so they had, like, all these different kinds of, like, Tennessee apple drinks or whatever. But it pissed me off also. Because they sent out this invite. And, like, they wanted journalists and influencers or whatever to come. And... The invite that they sent out the day before says, come hungry, because we're going to have all kinds of food. Oh, I love that. Exactly. I love a come hungry. I was thrilled. I was like, I didn't eat dinner. I was like, oh. I'm I am I'm following instructions. Even right? like someone's offering you food, like a homeless man's offering you food, and you're like, no, 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 I cannot. I can't. Sorry. I, I'm I'm supposed to come hungry. I'm I'm following the directions from the people at Jack Daniels. So we get there, and I'm like, well, I'm hungry. <laughs> what we got? 
I don't see any food. <gasps> that so is then instantly like, infuriating. Yeah, but then I see people like going through like this narrow door into another spot. I'm like, oh, I get it. So like this is like the entry, and then there's another thing going on downstairs. So I get they have like these popsicles with the alcohol in it. They have uh, cocktails. They have T-shirts. They have a bar. All this different stuff. Do they have one of those girls dressed like a nurse, and then in those little like test tubes is is the uh, the Jack Daniels apple? It's like no, in a little beaker and stuff. Okay. No, Sometimes no. they do those stupid little like themed things. Well, it was where like, it like was very, especially around Halloween. It was very Tennessee and like they had like like, you know, all kinds of different music oh, okay. and all so stuff. Cowboy so, boots. so I go downstairs and then there's it's like really crowded. It's like a big bar and I'm like, oh, okay, this will this is where the food will be. We only have a few seconds left, so I'll just tell you all the food I had last night at this event was half a pig in a blanket. Oh no! Like not even a whole blanket. They were like they were like big pigs in a blanket, like hogs in a blanket. But <laughs> but they were like you want a hog in a blanket and half a blanket. But they were like cut on the diagonal, and so it was like oh. in half and like in a dipping sauce. And I was like. Who do I complain to about this free food that's not available? It didn't say come angry. (laughs) Exactly. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett. And we're about to get into something that, of course, we've been hearing about for several weeks now. I mean, we heard about this when it when it first happened, but the trial for Amber Geiger, whose last name really just makes me want Gruyere cheese every time I look at it. <laughs> I'm like, Gruyere? Oh, it's Geiger. Anyway, she was just, they just... Uh, announced this, what was, maybe an hour ago they just broke this story? Uh, Yeah, just in the last hour or so, yeah. That Amber Geiger has been found guilty of murder for fatally shooting her neighbor who lived in the apartment directly above hers, and I, you know, when I've seen some of the testimony of her crying and blubbering on about how she didn't know where she was and how she was so scared and she was just acting in self-defense because she was so terrified about this intruder in her apartment. And I was like, this girl is full of crap. But I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. You know, maybe she'll just get manslaughter. They didn't go with manslaughter. They spent five hours deciding, boop. Guilty of murder. Yeah, I have to tell you, I'm really surprised by this verdict. Um, I happened to turn on the li- her testimony, like literally as she was just sitting down in her seat to begin. Um, and she immediately started crying. And I was like, Ugh. and like the black man in me, well, I'm all black man. But like when you see a black man that is murdered by a white woman, um, a lot of it brings up a lot of things. Of course, and to immediately see her start crying, I was like, "Oh God!" And they went into her testimony, and they, and they, within a couple of minutes, they stopped the testimony and like took a ten minute recess, and then brought her back, and then they started like having her demonstrate how she walked in and how she had all these things, and she saw the person and she shot. Um, I think the thing that tends to make this most difficult for uh, saying like this happened exactly as she says it did is the way that he was shot. Um, All of the reporting has said that he was shot in his chest above his nipple and the but it exited or like it traveled downward which meant he was like down on the ground well, because and he, was he was kneeling when he when she walked in he was sitting on his couch eating ice cream exactly so and then he turns around and faces her and he's saying hey 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 
and she like pulls out her gun immediately and, and which if it's, is you're right if it's pointed down that would insinuate that she yeah that he was either you know sitting and getting up and he it wasn't like he was marching towards her right. or rushing towards her to the point where she was like oh god i have no choice but to well, shoot and she used the language that we hear every police officer say when they've killed a black person that they were in fear for their life um and it, it, it's just there's so many things about this and like she says that she noticed that the door was open or like was uh, a jar of some sort um, that the lock was broken on the door and so she was like I went in to find the threat as she said well um, be- I mean what I heard was that she went to put her key in and then noticed that the door was unlocked and then she drew her gun and decided and oh there's an intro- intruder in my apartment I need to go in here and deal with this which at that point if if you if you even if you do think that that is your apartment which they the prosecution was putting out all this evidence of like there was a giant bright red floor mat in front of his apartment that's yeah. not there on any of the other floors and even if you are so exhausted you would eventually realize and look down at your feet and say oh wait this isn't my apartment and especially if you're noticing that the door's unlocked you're like oh something's a little askew Pay here a little bit more wouldn't attention. you make sure that you're in the right place before you decide to draw your gun and then go inside and you could even call like she was just talking to one of her colleagues one of a fellow police yeah. officer in the car before she she was like had a romantic relationship with this other officer with her partner, yeah. yeah and so she could have shot a text or given a call or or reached out to somebody Something. to get some help before she just walked in there armed with yeah, no backup it's, a, it's just crazy that she like saw the door was open and said rather than calling for backup or doing something else like I'm going to go inside this apartment and find the person um and, and find who broke into my apartment and so like I mean the idea that you were on the wrong floor, that's feasible. The idea that you were on the wrong floor past all these signs, you know, stepped on a, a different floor mat, uh, opened the unlocked door, saw a person sitting on the couch in an apartment that's not yours, who got up and turned around and said to you, hey, 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 and then you shot and killed him. And then a lot of the, the case was about the fact that she didn't administer enough help to try and help revive him. She's on the phone with 911. It's just like there's so many different things. It's like. I was surprised by this verdict, but I mean, I think she should definitely be going to jail. So I'm not, I don't feel for her at all. Well, now they're going to decide just how long she's going to go to jail for. And another aspect is, wouldn't the furniture look completely different? Like, wouldn't you walk in? Like, I've walked into, I've walked up to a car that's the same car as mine. And and then been like, wait a minute. Oh, that's not my coffee cup. That's not this. And you eventually realize like, oh, yeah, even though it looks the same, it's not mine. She stands to um, be sentenced to up to life in prison. Had she gotten the manslaughter charge, it would have been like 20 years. So uh, we'll We'll keep you posted on this story. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, my God. Donald Trump remains president of the United States another day. And um, we do a little something around here. (laughs) I feel like you have in your bedroom, like, etched out. Account down Tags, for when it's over. Like, like a, it's like tally one, marks. Day one, yeah. <laughs> that is just. Been... I think we're like nine hundred and eighty something days into this administration. Um, the uh, your on- wall's getting full. Then. Let me tell you. The only reason I actually know that number is because Brian Williams says it at the beginning of uh, of every of the eleventh hour on MSNBC. Uh-huh. Every night. It's day nine hundred and eighty-one of the Trump presidency, and it's like, oh god, we've endured. Um, but <laughs> we do a little something around here called Trump around. Yes, 
Trump around. Um, we've got so many headlines. We would normally like try and spend time on one story and just kind of unpack it. But today there's so many different things to talk about. We're going to kind of do this headline style because we've got to get through them all. So it's a Trump around up. A, tr- a Trump roundup. And uh, the first headline comes from CNN Politics. It says Trump pressed Australian prime minister to help with justice review of Russia pro- probe origins. Um, this is about how the Mueller report began. And and uh, there are you know reports that it partially began in Australia with George Papadopoulos and how he was, you know, drunk in a bar and uh he was basically like talking about, you know, some of the Russian things that were going on there uh, that were going on in the election interference. And that has some relation to this. Um, they've got <laughs> Attorney General Bill Barr, who has been like trying to get information from out of the Australians and requested this request of the president um, in a call that um, Trump had with the Australian leader. So Barr was trying to find out more about what happened at the bar? Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Huh? Um, they uh, also, it's just, it's it's wild to me that they're doing an investigation into the investigation that they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. The Department of Justice did this investigation and they want to do an investigation into where that investigation started. <laughs> and that's crazy to me. The fact that the investigation turned up all of these crimes. Yeah. And, but like, we need to know where this investigation started is just crazy. Right. Well, I mean, that's, just something that you do when you don't know what else to do. Exactly. You're just like, let's investigate the investigation because this is BS. And once you say, I'm investigating the investigation, you can really do nothing. I it's mean, just about the headline. It, you know exactly. what I mean? It's just about them saying, we need to look into this because it's not fair. Yeah. So that. And then last week when we were talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi launching the impeachment inquiry, um, we were discussing whether or not it passes the House and goes to the Senate if Mitch McConnell would have to take it up. And I said back then, like, I wasn't really sure what the rules were in the Senate about this because this has only happened uh, two other times in our history. Right. And I thought that he would have the power to say, no, I don't want to hold a trial he can kind of decide for himself. Exactly. Well, according to uh, Mitch McConnell in a recent interview, he said that he would have no choice. Um, He says, we'll follow the Senate rules. I would have no choice but to take it up if it came over from the House. So basically how this works, the House will vote on whether or not to impeach him. They will say, seemingly by the votes that they have right now, they would say yes. They would. So he would be impeached for. um, I think people often forget, like Bill Clinton was technically impeached. He was just not removed from office. Well, that's the Senate has to do that part. right so the senate will then do a trial based on all of that evidence and decide whether or not to remove him from office well, because they have which is what didn't happen with bill clinton and i'm literally just trying to clarify this for myself when the house says we're going to impeach they then have to create all of the articles of impeachment Correct. right and then they have to submit that to they vote the on ju- that and they say yes we're impeaching him and we're sending it over to the senate the senate then holds a trial the trial then determines whether or not the president is removed from office and they need a two-thirds vote um, to do that in the Senate. I believe that's correct. Which is why it I don't might, think it's ever happened. I think it might, it may be 50 plus one, but it might be the, the 60, the two thirds. Got it. Okay. Um, but the, the headline here is that this trial would have to happen. It's it's automatically triggered. Yeah. Um, and Mitch McConnell doesn't have any say over that. So I wanted to Unless make sure we fill you guys in on that. Unless he doesn't know what the rules are well that's a <laughs> whole other conversation um, i have to don't i no you yeah. tell me i i'm not really sure yeah absolutely i mean he's definitely played with the rules before so i just wanted to clarify that because we talked yeah. about it last week and um, when we come back we've got more trump around up <laughs> don't go anywhere <laughs> drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. So, we just told you guys about the impeachment inquiry and how that would land in the Senate, that uh, Mitch McConnell would have to take up the, the trial. We also told you about Trump pressing the Australian prime minister to help with the <laughs> review of the Russia probe. Um, also, things going on with Donald Trump. Um, we've been talking about this Ukrainian call now for over a week and a half, I guess, and the impeachment inquiry into it. We've learned that Mike Pompeo joined Donald Trump on that call and... That is really interesting because Mike Pompeo is going to have to testify before Congress. And he didn't pipe up and say, hey, by the way, I was on that call. I heard everything. Exactly. Nor did he say like, uh, or we don't know, but we don't know of him reporting anything where he was like, uh, this is a problem. You know what I mean? Right. He was just so he was, so he was on the call and he was a part of the complacency in, well, involved in the aftermath. Exactly. Right. And then we've then learned that the call, the transcript of the call was hidden in a different server that was even more protected than normal transcripts would be. The porn What's computer. Exactly. It was definitely on the porn it's computer. Saved in, a, in the porn folder. Um, and then the, I think the most interesting thing about this is, though, I don't think people are recognizing that the transcript that we got, that we all were able to read, is a partial transcript. Yeah, that's not the whole thing. It's not a complete transcript. It's not, you know, it's not thorough. So whatever is edited out of that is at the discretion of the White House. And Mike Pompeo is going to have to testify under oath at some point in the seemingly near future um, about what was on that call. So Mm. that's really interesting to me. Don't you think it's really frustrating, though, when people are listening to your phone conversation, you don't know, and then you're like, Mike, get off the phone. No, what's even worse? What's even worse? I'm on the phone. What's even worse, though, is like Mike, he knew that Mike was on that call. No, I know. And like knowing that all of these people are listening and you still did that, that says to me, all of these people know what's going on. Well, yeah, that's his whole thing is surrounding himself with people that will let him do whatever he wants. Like he made it that way. I'm thinking about back when we were kids and being like... Oh my God, I'm trying to talk, or right. like someone starts on the internet, and you start hearing it. Well, when you're trying to do AOL dial up, oh and then God, someone like the my worst. mom would get on the phone with her friend Linda, and I'd be like, Mom, damn it, I'm trying to do AIM. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All, All right. right, so what's the Tom Cruise spin here? Well, apparently, Tom Cruise, I don't know if he had already planned this trip. I'm guessing he did, but last night. He was hanging out with Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, the one who was also on the phone call. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, uh, Zelensky, by the way, I played Zelensky last week when we actually did our own rendition, <laughs> yes, me and right. Emmy, of the Ukraine president call. Which is available for you all on the social medias if you want to hear it. Some it was people, yeah, they, they direct messaged and said that it was very, very helpful. Oh, that's good. So I think that that's just I mean, you're great. doing God's work. Yeah, if there are any other Ukraine calls, we will cover them here on the show. But apparently he flew into Kiev and he met with Zelensky and uh, and he said, uh, the, at the invitation of President of Ukraine, uh, Vol, what is it, Voldemort, Voldemir Vol- Zelensky, yeah. <laughs> the world, uh, 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 Tom Cruise arrived in Kiev and then apparently there's a short video clip and the uh, and Zelensky said, you are good looking, like in the movie. Oh, God. And then, ta- and then, of course, it's just another circumstance where the dudes are like, "No, you Making are amazing. No, you are amazing." So I guess when Zelensky said that, Tom Cruise said, "Well, it pays the rent." <laughs> and then they all laughed together. Oh, and delightful. you know, it's it's like kind of like that thing where there are some people who just idolize these like classic American Super tropes. Yeah, it's uh, like Tom Cruise is America, yeah. you know, and like football. It's funny because that thing for a long time around the world was Baywatch. 
Yeah. Which is just so wild to me. Why don't um, they get invited to the Ukraine? Well, <laughs> I'm sure David Hasselhoff has been over there. And I know we have to go, and I know you have to say how we how people can hang out with us uh, next next week. But I just want to say also, there's a weird Scientology conspiracy theory that is mulling around in my brain right now. Oh, about Ukraine. Yes, and why Tom is Tom Cruise there? He's a Scientologist. There's something fishy. Well, in support of National Coming <laughs> Out Day and the one-year anniversary of Channel Q, we are flying you and a friend out to the home of Channel Q, Los Angeles, California, for a weekend getaway. We'll take you out in West Hollywood for a happy hour at the world-famous Abbey. You'll be put up in an amazing hotel. And then we're going to give you two tickets to LA's biggest event of the year. It's called We Can Survive the show that all of us are like fighting about tickets uh, here in the building. Uh, it's going to have Taylor Swift, Lizzo, the Jonas Brothers, Camila Cabello, and so many more to celebrate Channel Q's coming out and National Coming Out Day in LA. Just go to wearechannelq.com to enter to win. And for more information, um, if you if you win that one, you're just like, you've really lucked out. That's yeah, going to be a lot of fun. That's a good time yeah. for you. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Okay. It's that time. I've got five headlines in front of me. Jarrett, you've got a bell in front of you. It is News It or Lose It time. Here is your first headline. All right. First world problems. Guy spends $11,000 on an Airbnb. That doesn't exist. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, Headline number two. Stoner Disneyland is finally open, a.k.a. USA's first cannabis cafe. All right. Headline number three. Here's a detailed account of Sheryl Crow's self-care routine. Lose it. (laughs) You're pandering to me because you know I like a couple of Sheryl Crow songs. (laughs) But I know how much you hate her. I know what you're doing here. I don't hate her. I don't hate her. You hate her. Is one of them soaking up the sun? She soaks up the sun. I do like soak. (laughs) She does. That's a part of her And then she tells everyone to lighten up. (laughs) All right. Headline number four. Study finds living near a coast linked to improved mental health. Living near a coast. Uh, Okay. And then finally, Uber's new verify your ride feature. Um, yes. Okay. That's four. That's four. Four out of five. She just dropped Shell Crow, which a lot of people do. Can't blame you. I'm not doing this with you, Allie. (laughs) All right. First world problems. A guy spends $11,000 on an Airbnb that doesn't exist. Stoner Disneyland is open. I probably can't say that. Headline number three. A study finds that living near a coast will link uh, to improved mental health. And then Uber's new Verify Your Ride safety feature. All that and more as soon as we get back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie, you got a four out of five, which I know is quite disappointing. Um, but um, you've got. I hate. Why are you saying it's? I was not disappointed, but now you're making me feel disappointed. Oh yeah, that was the point. Oh damn it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Glad right. we've gotten to that point in what, our relationship. What's your first headline? <laughs> uh, yes, this is news that or lose it. Oh yes. Roll that beautiful bean music. <laughs> Drop the what's subject that? presents. What was lose that it or lose commercial? It. Uh, Bush's baked beans. You just Roll did a, that beautiful a bean footage. Bush's baked beans commercial reference I from probably the nineties. Well, no, they still have those commercials now. They do. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, right. he doesn't say the "roll that beautiful bean" footage thing anymore. <laughs> I don't think. But the dog still talks. It's crazy. <laughs> I want to go to you for any baked bean commercial updates You're, at any given time. I mean, but who the else dog you, still talks. I was gonna say, who else would you go to? <laughs> 
for a big bean commercial. All right, we'll start off with these first world problems. Uh, a couple by the name of, well, no, I won't do a gay gay cray cray. It's Ian and Denise Feltham. I can't do that on the fly. It's hard. It's hard to do while you're reading God. something fresh. Uh, okay. This couple, they're from the UK. They made a bunch of vacation plans on Airbnb, of course. We're rich. We're going to go on this lovely, beautiful trip together. I'm going to buy you a, a, a lovely stay at this beautiful place in Ibiza. And it's going to include a super luxurious accommodation. I'm going to really splurge. I mean, I don't know how rich this couple is. So I don't even know if this is splurging. But it's $11,800 for two weeks in a VIP penthouse. They've got a big Turkish bath. They've got a hot tub on top of that bath. They've got a marble-decked terrace. It's dog-friendly so that baked bean dog can go. Roll that beautiful bean <laughs> Airbnb footage. <laughs> Airbnb footage. Uh, Airbnb for Airbnb genius. <laughs> that was perfect. So they it, it was this resort called Las Boas Resort. Book your vacation with us. They have an Instagram page and everything. Not gonna address that you halfway slipped in an accent and then slipped right back out of it. <laughs> Las Boas Resort. Like- Exactly, yeah. And apparently all of this is fake. So poor Ian and Denise Feltham, they've been scammed. And according to uh, the staff member, wait, the Las Boas staff member called the Airbnb listing a fake, saying that no such property even... Oh, I see. So Las Boas does exist, but it was a fake account that was boasting that they had a room at this place. Got it. So a staff member there said that there's no such property like that. Among the 40 units we saw on the website, site. This was not one of them. The man was reached at the telephone number listed on the complex's website, but declined to give his name or say anything about the matter. So this person's just a scammer who is Airbnb scamming people. Yikes. Which I'm surprised doesn't happen more. I'm sure it actually happens a lot. I know for myself like Airbnb is always I mean, I I really like Airbnb um, but it is a little bit of a gamble. Like you never know what you're going to walk into. As good as the pictures can be, I, I airbnb in my place when i lived in florida for the last couple of months and like they come and take pictures of your place for you and that's always great and I, I mean sometimes i'd be out of town and like i would have to leave the key or something like that you just never know what you're getting yourself into though. no and i we stayed in an airbnb this weekend and you know they had a little disclaimer at the bottom saying there is a camera at the entrance in the front door area yeah. outside there's a camera and i was like i wonder if they have to say that now because of all the creepers that were putting hidden cameras mm. in all of the Airbnbs. Not to say that someone still wouldn't leave a camera yeah. uh, you know, in a teddy bear's eyeball or something like that, but it's a little nerve-wracking when you're going into a stranger's apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, my Airbnb experiences have all been pretty positive, but I mean, like I said, it's a roll of the dice. I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like the more you ride a motorcycle, the more likely you are to have an accident. Uh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Alex got more news that will lose it. Um, and we've got so much more show coming up for you. Nurse Alice is going to come in and talk to us about the 10 things nurses would never keep in their medicine cabinets. Dr. Yeah, that's Jen's, doc, uh, for Just the Tip Tuesday. For tip, Just the Tip Tuesday. And we've actually got a double dose of Just the Tip Tuesday. We'll tell you about the other one in a little bit. Dr. Jen's going to be here telling us what straight couples can learn from gay couples. All that's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
we've been talking in in the studio while we listen to songs about the things we'd like to insert into songs where we just make the mics hot and <laughs> just say what we want in the middle of songs. Uh, someday, someday. Yeah. We'll add it to the list. We can just add in words that aren't actually a part of the song or are a part of the song and just not a part of the radio edit. Exactly. I have uh, just been reading through some of our direct messages on Instagram and someone, I think this actually was uh, sent to us yesterday, just getting to it now, but they said, if I'm having a freaking bad day, all I have to do is say, Alexa, put it on Channel Q DTS show. You guys crack me up. Heart, heart, heart. I I love it. I'm glad that we're warming up your day. Yeah. And somebody else said, uh, in response to our Halloween candy talk yesterday, which we had a, 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 a heated discussion about the best and worst can, uh, uh, Halloween candies, which included candy corn. You and I are both fans. Yes, indeed. And so is this person that said, candy corn is amazing. Yes. Well, you know, I think we should do, like those Nigels got together, we should do a Candy Corn Lovers Day yeah, or something like that. That wouldn't be anything like the Nigels getting together. No, it actually. wouldn't, but still. <laughs> we should just make sure that there's always Candy Corn in the studio that's available that for would us be great. we'd want it. I think you're doing it right now. You feel like we're doing it? Wait, two of you. Justin just... We're having a Justin, Candy Corn convention Justin right now? Justin just fired up the mic. What was that? <laughs> you want us to do what? I said, you guys are doing it right now because nobody likes Candy Corn. Okay. Wait, there Emmy, would be this. Hey, this person that direct messaged us, would, uh, we'd be in attendance. They'd That's be your here. burner account. <laughs> Shut up. Busted. Um, Emmy, you hate Candy Corn too, don't you? Of course you do. It. And Justin, you hate Candy Corn. All right. If you love Candy Corn, please follow He's us now at DTS Show. If we get even one more follower... <laughs> Please. I will be shocked. Please, guys. <laughs> please. please. We need this. At DTS Show, if you like candy corn on Instagram or Twitter, please follow us. And now I segue into a cannabis cafe. Because <laughs> where there is cannabis, there will be people eating candy corns even if they don't like it. This is the world, the, not the world's first, I don't think. No, duh. Because Amsterdam. It's the first one in the USA. The, the first ever cannabis cafe opens today in Los Angeles. So anyone in the Southern California area, I would maybe take a long lunch that never ends because this place is awesome. And I, you know, I tease because I said this is basically like Stoner Disneyland and I hadn't even read the, the, the entirety of the article yet. But the restaurant director, Kevin Brady, said, I feel like we are Disney World. Mm. They literally feel like they are the Stoner Disney World. That's a really high bar. It is, but like, that's a that's a bold statement. When you are a restaurant serving weed, then there you basically are like a Disneyland to adults. So here's how it works: when you arrive, you will be seated at a table. You will be greeted by a flower host, also known as a bud tender. That bud tender will then serve you with a cannabis guide and uh, give you some information about what they have. And then they will also inquire about your past, present cannabis experiences. You know, what, what level are you? What, what kind of weed do you like to smoke? And then personalize your cannabis order. Our boss is back in town, so we got to run through this more quickly because, you know, <laughs> Brian's back. So he's going to be like... You guys are taking too long with the news. It okay? Uh, <laughs> so we he's move not on? on a beach. He's not on a beach in Hawaii well, well, where he was still just listening. Just quickly, to us. then, will you go with me <laughs> to this cannabis restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. As long as the food doesn't taste like weed, that's the problem with a lot of cannabis food. No, like I don't think like that weed. they're giving you food that tastes like weed. I'm down. I think it's just a restaurant that has absolutely. weed that you can Let's smoke. get them in here. I would love that for a, a Monday munch report. Work on that? Let's work on that for a Monday. Yeah. Okay, and then on top of that, another great reason to live in California. 
a study has now found that living near a coast is linked to improved mental health. So Ooh. spending time along a shoreline, it has been scientifically proven to help you relax in a variety of ways. And so it's kind of proving that living in the middle of the United States is bad for you. <laughs> Don't say that. We have plenty of people <laughs> listening in plenty of places. If you're landlocked, get out. Get out. At least get to a lake. All right, and then finally, there is a new safety feature on Uber At where least get to a lake, like so, get, get to, to water, a, a really big pool, like, okay. whatever. You can At least do. where there's a Loch Ness rumor of some kind. Of course. Okay, so Uber has they've been trying to work on their safety measures. They're trying to make things so that you're not getting into a stranger's vehicle because of, like we all know, there have been a ton of instances where that has happened and people have gotten hurt. So they are trying this new feature where it's called a verify your ride and it will make you enter a pin number in order to confirm that you are getting into the car that you're supposed to be getting into oh god so like before (laughs) i can get into the ride i have to put the number uh i guess so yeah you have to verify that that is your ride it'll check your ride and it'll be added uh i believe very very soon if not now the thing already with Uber is that they're always updating this damn app like every other week i there's like something that's like it's always like something really small mm-hmm. that you're like oh that's different oh that's different okay that's different and yep. like they're always updating it which i guess is great on some level but it's also kind of annoying no it's jarring it's like getting an apple to update every day <laughs> where they're like here's what's new and you're like i don't care just stop just let me use the stupid app i love that our responses that were so disparately different i'm like it's a subtle update like every other week it's a it's like a new software update every day it is <laughs> Verify your ride will give riders a four-digit PIN. The PIN number will then have to be stated verbally to the Uber driver. To move forward, the driver has to enter the PIN code, and it will be verified in the system if the passenger has provided the correct code. Oh, God. So there you go. Don't poach other people's rides. That's another thing. Where they're like, Christine, and you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm her. (laughs) That hasn't worked for me, but... We'll take a quick break when we come back. Five ways to cope with politically induced stress. A test of the tip Tuesday is coming up. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So we're playing this stupid game in the studio during the music. Would you neither? Yeah, it's a new game we just invented called Would You Neither. And And we give you two horrible options and then you just say neither. I just... The options were, would you rather make out with Donald Trump for 45 minutes or or eat eat toenails for for the rest of your life? life. And I'm like, I'd rather vomit for the rest of my life. That's why it's would you neither. There's neither option is good. Um, Well, I want to remind you that there is an option that is good. Um, it's uh, in support of National Coming Out Day. You see how I did that? You have to eat gay people's toenails for a year. <laughs> in support of National Coming Out Day and the one-year anniversary of Channel Q. We are flying you and a friend out to the home of Channel Q. That's right here in L.A. And we're going to give you a weekend getaway here. You're going to take you out in West Hollywood to the Abbey, which if you haven't been to the Abbey, the Abbey is like the most... I would say it's probably the most famous gay club in America. Yeah, and it used to be lesbian-owned. Do you know that? Oh, the lesbians. It used to to be a lesbian hang, but if you love washboard abs, then you will really enjoy the There's always very pretty people, and they have good food, too. Yeah, yeah, they have good good food and strong Um, drinks. We're going to put you up in an amazing hotel, and then 
we're going to give you tickets. We were just talking about this concert. I was just, I'm talking about this concert a moment ago. Um, we're going to give you tickets to We Can Survive. It's LA's biggest event of the year at the Hollywood Bowl. I still haven't been to the Hollywood Bowl either. I've lived here for eight years, and I've never been to a concert at the Bowl. So I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, we're going to have Taylor Swift, the Jonas Brothers, Camila Cabello, and Lizzo. Um, so go to Channel Q. Go to our Channel Q's website at wearechannelq.com for more information. All right, one more. Would you neither? Oh, Would gosh. you neither lick the bottom of the Hollywood Bowl after we can survive, oh. or chop off a finger? Oh, I'd lick the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> Chopping off a finger—that's a—that's a hard consequence. You get to pick the finger. Oh, oh, well, in that case. I mean, what? Is lick, it pinky? I, Who cares? I, I would be licking the bowl. All right. The bottom of the bowl. Let's talk about, we're going to do a double a double trouble, just the tip Tuesday double today. Double trouble. Yep. Because we're going to talk to Nurse Alice later on about the 10 things that you should never have in your medicine cabinet. But we also wanted to discuss right now, what are the five ways to cope with politics-induced stress? Because Lord knows... We're all dealing with politics and do stress. We have been for what is it, nine hundred and eighty one days? Uh something. It's it's in the nine eighty, nine ninety. So there are five things that can help you, according to some research. We are all losing our cool just a little bit and we're losing sleep over the political climate. So here are some things that can help you. Number one. Creating a media routine and then sticking to it. For example, you could set a number of political articles that you are allowing yourself to read every single day. You could say, I'm only going to read two daily political newsletters. And then when you can, you know, adhere to that by keeping your notifications off and things like that. I have a, a, a difficult time with this one because of the work that we do. So that's a hard one. Well, and because it's not like even if you hear one story, you have to get it from multiple different news outlets to kind of corroborate and make sure that some of the facts are yeah. right. So, yeah, that's tough. Um, number two, be a participant, not a spectator. This says we are only as inundated as we choose to be. So turning off cell phone notifications is helpful unless you work in politics or journalism. In Jarrett's case, it's both. So this also doesn't apply to you, Jared. Yeah, the third one is opt for a news-free morning. I sometimes will do this, and I won't like look at headlines until I'm like in the Uber on the way here. And then some mornings I get up and I'm like, eh, I want to kind of see what's going on, depending on what the news is of the morning. Or for the weekend. If you're not working over the weekend, then you can at least have 48 hours yeah. where you theoretically don't need to look at it. What's funny is I used to watch cable when I was working from home before I was doing a, a radio show every day. I was working from home writing or whatever, and I'd have cable news on all day, Oof. like uh, probably ha at least half of the day. And like half the time I'd be watching it and half the time I wouldn't be. But like I always felt so much more informed. Now that I'm working doing this every day, I feel less informed because I don't have it on all the time. So. Well, yeah, but then my grandma, it goes back to what my grandma would always say. She would watch the news every single single night, and she'd go, I don't know why I watch this. It's just people <laughs> dying, and it's always bad. It's a, it's and the then world is a mess. The yeah, and then yeah. she'd watch it every single night. And Number four is seek to understand. It says, uh, they are. They have a quote here from um, an international speaker that says, I don't know why anyone sees every single issue through a partisan lens. While many people might lean one way or the other, there are so many gray areas. I enter conversations looking for others to help me see their side of the story. So yeah. I think trying to understand what the other, other people side. are meaning, um, that is definitely helpful. Yeah. And then finally, focus on something that you can control. And I don't know, for anybody who suffers with anxiety and things like that, I uh, that is something that they always tell you. Why don't you focus on what you can control instead of worrying about things that you really have no control over? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So.
That'll we're, help you. We've maybe. got we've got a fun time coming up. Allie's bringing back learning from the animals. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't, and it has to do with worms. Yes. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So, Allie, I know that you love the animals and learning from the animals. Um, I do. I'm learning from from animals uh, as we speak because I just reinstalled the Google Chrome extension. And if you don't have it, I highly recommend it. It's called Make America Kittens Again. I downloaded it when I first when uh, Donald Trump first got elected president and then I don't know what happened. I think I got a new computer and I forgot about it and then I was like, oh wait, yeah, this is great. So I'm learning from the animals because I'm learning about politics. This is my way of coping with political stress is by replacing pictures of him with kittens. I... I I indirectly learn from the animals I feel like uh, Justin was saying that I should... I should get an app that would do that for me that would replace photos of Donald Trump with like hot guys from Instagram. Yeah, because you don't feel the same way that I feel about animals. You I, hate animals. I don't, that, that is not true. I don't like cats. I'm allergic to them. You don't like any animals, really. That is not true at all. If you saw a stray I, animal or a sick animal, would you stop and help it? If I saw a sick animal, probably, but just like a stray animal walking down the street, no. Yeah, that's, but that's. Animal hatred. That's not animal hatred. Okay, I'm, that's I'm animal indifference. I'm animalist. I'm I'm animalacist. <laughs> Animacist. So what are we learning from worms? Yes, yeah, so I know we haven't done this in a while, but we are learning from the animals. And today we are learning from worms. We're learning. Fun that- fact: mammals not. Huh? Fun fact: worms are not mammals. No, 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 they are not. <laughs> they are not. But they do have three sexes, according to this newly discovered worm species. Mm, they're part of the LGBTQ community. Exactly. So we're going to learn a little something about gender now from the animals. Uh, this anima, uh, it's called anima. There's a lot of owls there. <laughs> it's a newly discovered species of nematode. Oh, okay. And it has not one, not two, but three different sexes. And it can survive... Here's a fun fact. It can also survive a dose of arsenic that is 500 times what is humanly possible. What? So if you're, you know, trying to kill a spouse, you want to test things out, this is great to test on a worm first. You could probably... Wow. Okay. No. So they... uh, Let's see. It, It has a female sex and it has... Uh, let's see. A male sex? It has, when it comes to differentiation of the sexes, nematode species usually keep it simple, dividing into hermaphrodites and males. So there will be, they'll be intersex and they'll be males. Okay. But the uanime also has worms of the female sex. So it can possess male, it can possess female, and it can, pre- and it can present both sexes in the same. Interesting. Worm. So they also have interesting sex characteristics. The arrangement of genital papillae in the numamama. <laughs> the males is is unique as the genus. I don't know what any of this means. Basically, someone, someone there are three different thing, like, sexes. Someone's like, I don't know half the words that she just said. Right uh, I don't either. I don't either. But they also say, here's another one. Extremophiles can teach us so much about innovative strategies for dealing with stress. Our study shows we still have much to learn about how these 1,000-celled animals have mastered survival in extreme environments. So we can learn that you know you can you can have male qualities, you can have female qualities, you can have both. To each his own worm. I, 
That's very true. They're still thriving <laughs> in their environment no matter what. If they're male, if they're female, if they possess both, they're just kind of living their lives, taking 500 times of arsenic as anyone else, and just living life and surviving and, and thriving in this world. Well, you had me up to each their own worm. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So we are back with Dr. Jen, always here with great advice and perspective for our love, sex, relationships. And um, we've got one for you, Dr. Jen. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So this question says, Dear Dr. Jen, I'm a straight woman in a pretty good relationship, but I can't help feeling like my gay and lesbian friends have better relationships. It seems like they get along better and last longer. Is it just my imagination? Um, she's apparently never met me, but oh, um, I was going to say the opposite. I was like, this person's obviously friends with us. Exactly, yeah. uh, Doctor Jen. Do gay people have better relationships than straight people? Well, it's really interesting. There's recent studies that have come out that are showing that despite that there are certain stressors that gay couples have to deal with, like microaggressions, violence, discrimination, harassment, they tend to have better couples. They tend to have healthier romantic relationships. Interesting. Why is that? Well, first of all, they have lower divorce rates. And you know, you can say, well, marriage is newer. It hasn't been legal as long. But it appears that gay couples have about half the divorce rate that straight couples do. Wow, that's, that's a lot of pressure on me. I'm yeah. celebrating one successful year of marriage. But sometimes I think about straight couples yeah. and... I, and I think, what do you have in common? Because I have so much in common with my wife, just from a personality perspective. But also, I feel like because we're both women, we're into more of the same things. And I'm like, oh. a heterosexual couple must have to work a little bit higher, harder to find things that they... I, I mean, I guess maybe I'm generalizing, I, but... No, I think the same thing all the time, especially when, with like my straight... Uh, my straight couple friends I always think like you two don't hear each other at all like, yeah. right like I mean? they don't understand yeah. each other yeah. as much yeah I, I think that you both are onto something and, and actually gay couples tend to have more empathy for each other they tend to communicate better the studies are showing that they are more direct in their communication that they're less defensive when talking they have lower levels of conflict in their relationship it, it, the new studies are quite fascinating well, and I would imagine that f friendship with others can play into this because I feel like my wife and I are pretty lucky in that we have a lot of the same friends and we can exist in the same friends friendship circles rather sure. than I think it's sometimes in heterosexual couples. They're like, oh, this is my guy friends, guys night out. And then it's like girls trip and they separate their friendships a little bit more, which can create separation between them possibly. I think that you're absolutely right. And at the same time, sometimes it can be really good when couples go off and they spend time with their friends and then come back to each other and report about their experiences in, in the real world out there to each other. It can kind of add to the excitement in the relationship. That said, being able to share the same friends and the same ideas and the same perspective because you're the same gender, and like you said, not to overgeneralized, but there are certain things you have in common with someone of the same gender that you don't with someone who's not. Plus, you can use the same makeup. A hundred percent. And share clothes. You yeah. say, like, yeah, yeah, if I date the right kind of guy, I double my wardrobe, which is great. Yeah. Um, is there... <laughs> things you have to consider. I love exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Um, what about fighting and communicating and those kinds of things? How is that um, potentially better for gay couples than it is for straight couples? 
Well, there's a, this amazing guy named John Gottman, who is one of my absolute favorite researchers, and he just started studying gay couples. And what he found is that same-sex couples handle their, their relationships and their conflict better than their straight counterparts. Really? They're, again, they're less defensive, they're more likely to use humor to lessen the tension, they tend to be less controlling or hostile, they tend to use less emotional tactics with each other, he found that they're less belligerent, domineering, and that they feared each other less than straight couples, which is really interesting. Huh, that is interesting. Fearing yeah. each other less. Yeah, fearing each other less. Well, I always thought that one thing that my wife and I are really good at is communication. We we communicate a lot. I mean, also because she's in the mental health industry, so I think that we've we value communication. I mean, she values it through her profession, but I also, I guess, am in communication yeah, yeah. as well. But yeah. I also think because we're two women, we I mean, again, generalizing, but I think that women communicate more in general. I, I obviously can't speak to two men in a relationship, but I have always felt like we are able to, we can have a fight, but then we'll always go back and have a more level-headed discussion about I, something. I will say, I was thinking about this yesterday. I only have one relationship that actually ended with like a fight, whereas mm-hmm. I all of my relationships, I have relatively positive relationships with my exes where our breakup was actually more difficult because we were pretty amicable. Right. Um, and yeah. like, you know, we just didn't get along or we just didn't work out. Um, to talk to me about like household stuff, like chores and those kinds of things. Like how does that work once like the couple's living together? Well, chores tend to be a huge source of conflict for couples, especially straight couples. And what tends to happen, no matter how far we've come as feminists, no matter how far we've come as a society is that, oftentimes chores tend to automatically be divided by gender. Like, oh, he's a guy, he'll take out the garbage. Oh, she's a woman, she'll do the grocery shopping, kind of very traditional stereotype kind of stuff. Hmm. That's and that doesn't tend to go over well, and it tends to create a lot of resentment, and also the division tends to be inequitable. Women tend to do 67% of the tasks, Whereas men are, you know, covering the other 33%, which is not very equitable. And it's way better than it used to be 20 years ago, but it still is so uneven that there tends to be a lot of resentment from women. Well, after talking to you, I don't know how any heterosexual couple has survived. It. I don't um, know either. Thank God they have me to do therapy. With exactly. Them. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Jen is a licensed psychotherapist. You can also pick up her book, uh, The Relationship Fix, and you have a weekly uh, column in InStyle.com. And I know for you heteros listening, you might think, oh no, my relationship is doomed. Well, we're going to tell you, we're going to take a little moment, and we're going to tell you how you can apply all of this stuff to your relationship. So stick around. You're listening to Drop the Subject. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So we're back with Dr. Jen, who's talking to us about the differences between gay couples and straight couples and what straight couples could possibly learn from gay couples. The last thing I wanted to to touch on before we get into like what straight couples can take away is I understand the sexual experience is different for gay couples than it is for straight ones. Can you explain that? For sure. And I see this in my practice constantly that heterosexual couples tend to be very focused on the outcome, on the big O, whereas gay couples tend to be much more focused on the process and the connection and the enjoyment in the moment, which is super healthy and tends to really benefit their sex lives. Yeah. So they're much huh. more more in tune with like making each other feel great and all that kind exactly. of stuff? Exactly. And they get turned on. The studies show that 
gay couple tend to get turned on by their partner's arousal even more than heterosexual couples. Amen to that. Okay, so yeah. so what should straight couples be taking away from their gay From all of our greatness. From all yeah. our amazingness, yeah. <laughs> from how fabulous you are. Yes. Well, what can they learn they, from us specifically, Dr. Jeff? A hundred percent. Well, what they need to learn from you is, first of all, have a State of the Union meeting once a week, which I recommend. Where wow. couples check in with each other, and it's be a five-minute meeting. Just, hey, how are you feeling about us these days? What's going on? Are your needs being met? Every week? Are, yeah, but just taking your temperature. It's not a big, like, major therapy session. It's just a check-in. Okay. And it's, it's important that they do that because when you know the temperature of your relationship, you can deal with things before they build up because mm. us heteros don't seem to have, according to the research, as good a communication as you guys do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. What else? So then the second thing is talk about the division of labor. Have an open, honest discussion and negotiate about chores. Don't just assume things will be divided based on gender. Really look at what your strengths and your weaknesses are. What are the tasks that each of you absolutely hate doing? And then come up with a fair division that everyone feels good about. I will say that one thing that it's kind of nice that heterosexual couples don't have to deal with is an actual discussion about the division of labor, like child labor. Well, in terms <laughs> of like carrying a baby, no. Yeah, but that, that's a discussion we've had a lot. A hundred percent. And 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 every same-sex couple that I have seen has chosen differently about that. I've seen a lot of different um, ways of handling that when it comes to who's going to carry a baby or whose sperm is it going to be. But there's definitely conversations to be had about the division of labor when it comes to child care, because that tends to be one of the biggest resentments. And John Gottman wrote a whole book about how relationships change for heterosexual couples after a baby comes along and the marital dissatisfaction Skyrocket. I think that my decision about childcare is going to be grandparents. <laughs> I think that's an excellent choice. Okay, great. One of the last things uh, I know you think is important with straight couples is getting away from gendered stereotypes. Yeah. It's, it's really important not to write things off just because it's, quote unquote, a guy thing or a chick thing. Take time to really look at your gender biases and to better understand where your partner's coming from. There is nothing that is more powerful than feeling truly understood by your partner. And that's more likely to happen when you're not making assumptions. Yeah, maybe they can switcheroo every once in a while. Like, oh, if you know the girl is not taking out the trash and the girl's doing the shopping, maybe they could switcheroo and see if they like that better. A hundred percent. And also sometimes it just makes you appreciate your partner better. Yeah. Mm. Where you're like, you know what? The cat litter's not such a big deal to handle. And then you do it for a week. You're like, ugh, it's sick. Don't get me started. <laughs> Doctor, J- I just cleaned the cat litter, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that was a very personal uh, same. anecdote. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not talking on the radio, the I'm sitting usually... on me right now. She's very very happy with me. <laughs> Good. Dr. Jen, this is such interesting and valuable information. Really, really appreciate you coming in and bringing it to us. I'm going to tweet out the link to the InStyle article, um, What Straight Couples Can Learn from Gay Couples. Uh, you can find out more about Dr. Jen at drjenman.com. That's Jen Man, both with two N's. And uh, also you can find her at Dr. Jen Man on the social meets. Thanks so much, Dr. Jen. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. So Mark Zuckerberg, 
has some perspective on uh, what he thinks could be the impact on Facebook if one specific person were to win the presidency. It's time for Drop the President. Drop the President. So, in some leaked audio that came from uh, Facebook, I what I believe this was, it says it's a it's a company Q&A. Uh, at Facebook, I they do these all-hands meetings, but they have about 30 oh, billion... God, I don't know if HR would feel great about the all-hands meetings. All-hands, right. It's really weird with Joe Biden's campaign. Um, <laughs> That's all foreheads. Exactly. Um, <laughs> they have uh, Q&As that are the whole in, employees, uh, employee base. But because they have about three billion employees, they do them via video and various different places <laughs> or whatever in the employees. in the big open spaces. And so the audio of this sounds like it's been recorded on someone's phone from that. Um, and yeah, it's like when somebody's on Skype, but then you've also held a phone up to your the iPhone, Skype. right? Yeah. So then Mark is talking about Elizabeth Warren and some of the concerns that he has about her. Here's that. Um, you know, I mean, if she gets elected president, then I would, I would bet that we will have a legal challenge, and I would bet that we will win the legal challenge. Can we stop so there? It's, so it's. Uh- so first part of this, he says that if she gets elected, they'd have a legal challenge. I think he's right about this because the government has not caught up to, you know, the Internet and all of the the different laws. But also the government relies on these tech companies to help them write the laws against themselves, which is stupid. Wait, they... What? Like when when Mark Zuckerberg and the folks from Google and each of these different companies testified before Congress, the congr- the con- the the congressioners, the Congress. <laughs> okay, people, now I understand. Ex- now I get. Now it. you're putting it the in Congress, dummy alley terms. The, uh-huh, the congressioners. People, the Congress people asked them if they would help with like coming up with policy and all of those different things, which on some level makes sense because uh-huh. they're experts. But also, you're asking them to write laws that would uh, help or hurt them. Um. So basically, it's uh. It, and, um, nope. He's losing it. So, I, I, does nope. that still suck for us? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to, you know, have a major lawsuit against our own government. I mean, that's not like the position that you want to be in when you're, you know. I mean, it's like we we care about our country. Yeah. And we want to work with our government. Yeah, that's super not chill. Um, but but look, at the end of the day, if someone's going to try to threaten something that existential, you go to the map and you fight. So he's talking about Elizabeth Warren and how. She would seemingly want to break up some of these companies. She's talked about this with big banks and she's talked about this with big tech companies and saying that they've gotten too big to where they can't really be regulated well enough and that they're not really doing, um, you know, the country any good. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, that's what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders say all the time. And uh, and I would just like to, Jarrett, read as Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren's response. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. I've got it in front of me. Do you have it in front of you? Yes. Can I read it? Yes. Because I, I had it when she I lost it. She had it on the tweet machine. Say. All right. So here, so th- this Elizabeth is, Warren responded via Twitter she responded. Um, to, this, to this commentary. What would really suck is if we don't fix a corrupt system that lets giant companies like Facebook engage in illegal anti-competitive practices, stomp on consumer privacy rights, and repeatedly fumble their responsibility to protect our democracy. You know, I was actually a little nervous. I hadn't heard your Elizabeth Warren. I am a PTA mom. I was going to say, she she. You know has... what would really suck, Mark? Huh? <laughs> Mark. Watch your language there, there's, sir. There's a solid three K's in Mark there. Mark. Mark. Okay, not three K's. Uh, two or four. There can't be KKK. <laughs> um, 
Just want to be clear. Two or it's four. That's great. Uh, you know what, Mark? You know, Mark. But, yeah. So she has a, a valid point. And, and there's a bunch. There's like two hours of audio that was uh, taken from this uh, meeting. He talks about how that he doesn't believe that, you know, breaking up the companies would really do uh, a service to to what the goal here. And part of what he says is, you know, the money that we've invested into this is more than all of Twitter's revenue, which people laugh at and is, you know, kind of you know, shady. But it's also true, right? The money that they've invested into researching what Russia did, uh, you know, breaking apart these groups and doing all these different things. Like They're trying, They are trying to use some of their status for good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he's also saying... You know, if you were to break up Twitter and Google and all these other things, um, it would it would not be it wouldn't help us because we wouldn't be able to coordinate together in the way that we are right now if we were all broken up, which is a, an argument that I get. Yeah, no, I, I, don't I, know if it, I don't know if I agree with it. Well, all, but I, get I agree. It. I don't know how much I would like tech to be involved with the government specifically, but I do think and I'm, normally I'm not in favor of monopoly situations, but Tech is really doing a lot of things well. And I kind of think that tech should be running more stuff. Like, they should run the DMV. That's a mess. Tech should be running the airline companies. Those are all a mess. Uh, They should be running doctor's offices. Those are, like, tech knows how to do stuff in a very efficient way. Yeah, but tech also... And it's super annoying. I think the the pushback to that is tech also uh, operates in a space that laws haven't really caught up, laws and regulations haven't caught up to. So realistically, they are doing things that seem to have a lot of harm on consumers. If you, I mean, if we just look at the terms of agreement that we sign and say yes to, there are all kinds of things in there that are you know really problematic and that people don't know that they're agreeing to. And yes, they're agreeing to them, but there should probably be some kind of government oversight of those things. So no, tech I does get- a great job, but the question always becomes like, what is happening with all of this data, all of my information, where where is it going, who's using it, and how is it being used? Uh, yeah, that's true. But also, I think that the lines at the DMV would be shorter and I would pay a deep price for that. I don't, I don't know that that's really a... A, a, a reason to not regulate them. It would make I life am a joking. little bit easier. I don't know if you're picking up on that, but this is I took a my joke. glasses off and I couldn't see your face, and I was like, <laughs> "Is she serious?" Um, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I would. It would be really dope if we didn't have to. Like, DMV is probably the worst person. I'm just saying that creation. you have to agree with that. The fact that tech does a lot of things well, so having them control other things theoretically, you're like, oh yeah, that would probably make things more convenient. Yes, I get all of the other stuff uh, that you're explaining about consumer privacy laws and all that, but I do understand that uh, you know they are at the forefront of convenience. Yeah, and for the consumer, a lot of times that does kind of have a benefit for us. It ha- it's a double edged sword because like it's convenient, but then it's also like you find out five years later that they took all your credit card information and it got hacked, and then your identity. Yeah, what's a little hack every once in a while? I'm so boring to hack. Once they hack me, they're like, "Oh, that was it." Um, <laughs> all right, it is the first day of October, which means that the boo puns are coming, and they are coming in full force. It's the unbelievable. You'll see all that stuff oh. all, all month long, all the oh, Halloween puns. Is that what we have to look forward to? It is. But you know what? A, a school outside of Chicago, they are not looking forward to this Halloween because their Halloween has been canceled by the school. They are very unhappy about it. They're doing this in the name of inclusivity, but we will talk about all that because... I don't know. This principal made a statement about why they canceled. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So we'll break that down when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Drop the Subject. 
Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here with you on Drop the Subject. And if you're not already, we highly encourage you to give us a follow on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, also, catch up on the podcast if you missed anything. Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast. I have more good news for you. If a podcast and a social media follow wasn't enough, I mean, you can head on over to We Are Channel Q and you can win tickets to We Can Survive. Stop which is, it. Is that possible? Yes, but that is not all. And I know that uh, I Can Survive is an incredible concert. You got people we like Taylor survive. Swift. Not just you. I, we all can. We. We can survive. <laughs> uh, it's not I Will Survive. It's not I Can Survive. It's We Can Survive at the Hollywood Bowl. Taylor Swift, Lizzo, Camila Cabello, uh, the Jonas Brothers, many, many more. It's a great lineup and it's just a great show in general every year to go to but you and a friend will be will be flying you out to los angeles it's the home of channel q we're going to fly you out here for a weekend getaway it includes tickets to we can survive and it includes us taking you out for happy hour at the abbey which is incredible well to be clear not us as in you and i because i don't want to meet you people but i'm just kidding okay (laughs) jared doesn't want to talk to you Choking. Actually, I think it probably will be all of us. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Are you okay? No. <laughs> did I did I jar you with that? <laughs> you won't get Allie some water. We're, you can go to we are we you can go to wearechannelq.com for more information on how to enter to win to celebrate I'm National pretty, Coming Out Day. Hurry up in a hotel as well. There's a hotel. <laughs> and our coming out. Um, not, and our one-year anniversary for coming out. Um, and, and we're happy to do that. We're happy to have you uh, oh, come Lord. out to Los Angeles. If you I'm live really in the ha- L.A. area, we'll take care of you. I seriously have a sliver of an almond oh, no. in, my, in my throat. Uh, do you want me to take the story? It's, it's a really, really powerful sliver. Okay. And it's ripping apart my Ta- Drink the water. I can't. I can't open it. Oh, you opened it. I just it. opened it for okay, you. Okay. All right. Halloween. Halloween is Halloween being... Justin's be like, one minute. Just get out of here. Hold on. I'm going to read this. Eventually. All right. This school called Lincoln M. Elementary, and they're in a You're suburb still, of Chicago. Why are you giving this, this <laughs> sultry drug addict? I can't. I can't. <clears throat> so this is according to the Chicago Tribune, and uh, the war on Halloween has officially begun. I know it's October 1st. It's crazy. But this school is allowing no parties, no costumes, no candy, and no scares. And their reason? Well... The school principal, Michelle Cooney, has said the following. As part of our school and district-wide... Should I read this as Elizabeth Warren again? Uh, You absolutely should. As part of our school and district-wide commitment to equity... Mark. We Mark. We are focused on building community and creating inclusive, welcoming environments for all. And while we recognize that Halloween is a fun tradition for many families, it is not a holiday that is celebrated by all members of our school community and for various reasons. So there are also inequities in how we have traditionally observed the holiday as part of our school uh, school day. And our goal at Lincoln is to provide space and opportunities for all students to be a part of the community, not to create an environment that may feel exclusive or unwelcoming. So I want I wonder if that applies to Christmas and Thanksgiving. That was the first thing I thought is like Christmas and like all of the holidays. Like, 
She's better be prepared to just basically say ban the whole holiday season. You know what I think this is? I think this is to avoid whatever dumb teacher this year oh. is going to show up in some culturally inappropriate costume. Actually. And then be like, what? I'm dressed as a Sharpie. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. <laughs> Allie is still coughing on what she's now calling a homophobic almond. Yeah, you stupid. Uh, <laughs> okay, you know what? If you are if you don't like me, then don't Choke be me? in my mixed nuts. I don't know uh, what I'm okay. saying. All Channel right. Q. Channel Q. Um, okay, so I've got five headlines. We've got we're pretty pressed for time, so because uh, we've got Nurse Alice coming in to talk to us about Just a Tip Tuesday. Um, so here's the first one: British couple spends eleven thousand dollars on Airbnb rental in Ibiza that doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, no, we covered that one already. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, the word genius.com word of the day is ameliorate. That was from yesterday. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm trying to make this I'm not that. I mean, I'm a stoner, but I I'm don't. Trying, I remember some stuff. <laughs> Jesus. That I'm was a great make, test for me. I'm trying to make these really easy for okay. you. Okay. Okay. Rent the runway stops taking new customers as inventory and supply chain issues mount. Oh. I mean, I've never rented the runway, so I'm going to lose that one. <laughs> I did look, you know how cheap I am though? I did look into that for my wedding. Rent the runway? Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, it's not worth it. Makes sense. Okay. It's Um, too much money. (laughs) Hundreds of Roman gold coins found in basement of old theater. That was from yesterday too. (laughs) What is the matter with you? Did you work on this at all? I just picked a bunch of stories I knew you would say no to because we really only have time for one story. Okay. Okay, but I thought this was probably us. Okay. Montreal style bagels versus regular bagels. What's the difference? Lose it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that, did we got you? Nothing. No, we're gonna we're just gonna sit in silence for the next four minutes. Um, no, well, I, I will news that story. Okay, the, and then the finally, purpose. Staples apologizes for worker who wore blackface as part of her sharpie. Costume. That was all. That was from years ago, and I brought that up. You are making me. So yes, in, so, yes I want to news it. All those stories and more coming up next. And more. Lose it. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject to new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. I already forgot all the stories. (laughs) And I'm like... What are we supposed to be talking no. about? Bagels. Yes, bagels. That's right. So there's a new article in, in the Huffington Post um, that is comparing Montreal-style bagels to regular bagels, which didn't know this was a thing. I didn't even know Montreal was famous for bagels. I didn't either. I thought um, it was just maple syrup. So apparently they're like two distinctly different things. So <clears throat> apparently they're two distinctly different things. Is it one of those dumb things where it's like, oh, you don't eat your bagels with... Uh, Cream che- Well, no, everyone eats it with cream cheese. That was I'm, probably the worst example I could have given. Like, uh, I don't know who this voice is going to. Jelly and you know butter, something like that, which is also a decent combo, but well, they probably eat it all differently in a really weird way. Well, apparently, 
I've said this like three times, I'm realizing. Apparently, the fourth time. uh, (laughs) I I guess they make them differently. It says uh, baking a Montreal style bagel isn't as simple as throwing a circular shaped dough into an oven and waiting. Montreal style bagels have three things in common they're hand rolled, boiled in honey water, and baked in a wooden oven. Can I see a picture? What do they look like? Do they um, look different or do yeah. they look the same? They they actually do look different. They're not as like perfect. Like, you know, like a round um Oh yeah, that just bagel. looks like a burnt ass crappy bagel. Well, but like it's not you know like bagels are like perfectly smooth and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're like more handmade looking and they actually look pretty tasty. Um but this was like a there's like a whole like big breakdown on like the big difference in why Montreal bagels are about to start becoming really popular. Um Ugh, great. The bagel <laughs> wars. I just got over the chicken wars. I mean, listen, let me tell you. They say on the surface it might appear like the Montreal bagel is more compact version of a New York style bagel, but the differences are in the details. First, if it's a poppy seed or a sesame seed Montreal style bagel the ba- the seeds touch every available surface of the bagel um big <laughs> what huh okay so the, you get more of the it's not just on the top it would be on every surface of the bagel oh, so yeah, if you get an onion ba- so if you get an all everything bagel it's on literally every part of the everything bagel yeah you know uh, we should get these for another monday munch yeah i i would be down for that i would try a montreal bagel uh on the flip side you know what is the biggest atrocity that man has ever known is bagel thins Oh, yeah. Why would anybody ever make a bagel thin? Also, another stoner thought for you. They have donut holes. Where are the bagel holes? Wow, really asking the tough questions there, Allie. I want you to think about that. Yeah, um, while while you think about that, I want to remind people... (laughs) That. These are questions that are going to be asked at that cannabis cafe. Jared. Listen, oh man, or or definitely going to be asked yeah. a lot. Um, you have bagel holes. We want to remind you that the one year anniversary of Channel Q is coming up in just about a week and a half, and in support of that, we're going to be flying you and a friend out to the home of Channel Q right here in LA. We're going to put you up in an amazing hotel. We're going to give you two tickets to the biggest event of the year. It's called We Can Survive, starring Taylor Swift, Lizzo, the Jonas Brothers, Camila Cabello, and many more. And we're going to take you out for happy hour at the world famous abbey you can go to wearechannelq.com for more information and how you can enter to win we'll take a quick break we'll be right back drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q okay we're sitting in studio with america's favorite nurse nurse alice welcome hey America voted. The America yes, has chosen. They decided. Um, Screw you, Nurse Jackie. It's all about Nurse Alice. <laughs> um, and we're talking about this for Just a Tip Tuesday. There's this headline that says, uh, things nurses would never keep in their medicine cabinets. And I've been intentionally trying not to look at the list until we we're about to talk about it. And then I got to the list and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that in my cabinet. I have that in my cabinet. I have that in my cabinet. Well, it's easy. it's interesting because I looked through the list and there were a lot of things that I had in my cabinet. But before we came on the air, Nurse Alice, you said that you have none of these things in your cabinet. It's, so you are a very good nurse. Absolutely. And you know, I didn't even know about this list, but these are things I would never keep in my medicine cabinet. Really? Yes. Because you don't think it's good to keep them in there? Um, No, I don't okay. actually. There are other places where these things need to go and there are reasons why you should not okay. have them in your cabinet. Okay, so let's go through the list. The yes. first one says... It's it's very specific makeup that's beyond its expiration date. Yeah, let's talk. About, start with something that I can't store or apply properly. <laughs> it says it says that repeated use of expired makeup, uh, especially foundation and liners, um, can cause infection. 
which I guess makes perfect sense. Yes, that that is true. And I, I do want to say that it's not necessarily because of the expiration date. That's just kind of like it's best buy. Okay. Um, so it just means the potency of the makeup's not going to be good. But there is antibacterial um, in your makeup. Mm. You may not know that, okay. but that actually starts to deteriorate after six months of opening. So after six months of opening your makeup, even if you're not at the expiration date, you no longer have that property. And what? Yes. And then, you know, you're, we're applying this to our skin, right? Yeah. There's normal flora and bacteria on our skin. So we're applying it to our face. And if you're not good with cleaning the brush or oh, the yeah. wand and you're I'm putting not. it back in your makeup, you're just cooking it in there. So should we not keep makeup past six months? Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that because it depends on how, how the user, right? Okay. If you're good with your, your makeup, cleaning your brushes and making sure your face right. is clean before application. Um, but I'll say this. Your makeup, like my makeup, is in my bag, in my purse because mm-hmm. I'm using it. I don't, and I have too much makeup to go in the medicine cabinet period. Okay. So just, just so you know. But it's a good idea to not keep it in there. Interesting. Okay. So what about freezing your makeup? Well, honey, if you freeze it, she won't use it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, if you really want to preserve it, oh. say if you go to Costco and you can get like twenty mascaras in one, and uh, you don't want, then you don't want to keep them. You can put some of them in the freezer if you want to. You know, if you, this is like the use Allie, by this date. This question definitely comes from someone who doesn't use makeup. Yes. I don't use it enough. <laughs> then new colors by then. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, you're number really out of season. T- number two <laughs> is narcotics. That's an interesting one. Yes. Well, and I'm going to say this. Uh, whatever you put in your medicine cabinet, you have your family, your friends, your visitors coming into your home and they yeah. might use your restroom. I'm always looking in medicine cabinets. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, really? that's yes. a great one to pry. I, I always want to look, but I always feel like the people can hear the door open and I'm also, then I also Run feel the water. Like that's such a nurse thing to do that's no that's a great thing to do and you know what really scares me when you open someone's medicine cabinet and there's nothing in it oh, oh see like, like what are you doing do you even live here is exactly. this a fake house see my front medicine Airbnb. cabinet and my front <laughs> bathroom i'm like mm, i probably wouldn't keep anything in there now because i don't use it as much um but that's interesting so but why is it about to put them in there well narcotics um especially because we have such an uh, opioid epidemic you know it's provides easy access to your medication. So if you mm. have something like narco, oxycodone, or those narcotics, those strong painkillers, um, or even some of your antidepressants, those are dangerous medications that if in the wrong hands can cause some damage. So you definitely don't want to keep narcotics in there at all. What, okay. about, what about expired narcotics? Because it's like, oh, you got your wisdom teeth removed and then you only need one mm. Vicodin or whatever it is. And then like two years later, you hurt your back and you go over to the medicine cabinet and get it out. Is that bad? Um, Actually, it can be. And I'll just say this. Whenever medication is prescribed to you, it's really prescribed to you for that reason. So to use it for another reason really is, I don't say against the law, but that's not how it's prescribed to you. So you actually, you know, there are some laws in some places where if you're using someone else's medication or for a different reason, um, that's, that's against bad. law. Okay. Yeah, bad. Don't okay. do that. Okay. So number three is medi- I, do, I don't do that, by the way. Right. Just an number, example. Number three is medications, <laughs> but number four is retinol and vitamin C-based products. What's that about? Yes. Yeah, so uh, retinol and vitamin C are the golden standard when it comes to anti-aging um, medications and creams and things like that. So you want to keep them out of your medicine cabinet. You want to keep them in a dark, cool place because that's going to maintain their potency. So okay. put them in the medicine cabinet. They're going to lose their strength and not be any good to you. Interesting. Yeah. Because because of the light? Yes, because of the light and the temperature. They should be kept like in a drawer then or something? In or? a cool place. Actually, if you look at some of the prescription medications, they actually tell you to keep it in the refrigerator. 
Really? I have heard that, yes. yeah, because I got a retin-A. Someone, a doctor gave me retin-A one time, and they said, always keep it refrigerated. Keep Interesting. It cool. It's just weird to me. I mean, we, we talked about this one briefly because we'd already talked about narcotics, but like not keeping medicine in your medicine cabinet seems really yeah. backwards. So like, what is it, just a cabinet? Like any yeah. other cabinet? And then it says emergency medication shouldn't be in there. There's five more things on the list that we're going to talk about, and four of these are in my medicine cabinet right now. We'll talk about those things on the other side. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. America's favorite nurse is joining us right now. We're talking about the 10 things that nurses would never keep in their medicine cabinets. And I'm nervous about this because the back half... I've got a lot of these. So the well, first yeah. one... I mean, we have gone through things like expired makeup, medications, and narcotics, and, you know, retinol, but these are the ones that I think most people are going to have in their medicine cabinet. So uh, number six on the list is your toothbrush. Yes. You don't want to keep your toothbrush in your medicine cabinet because after you brush your teeth, it's moist. So putting it in that uh, medicine oh, cabinet is going to be yeah. cold, you know, mildew, bacteria, yeah. place where bacteria can grow. Um, but also, you want to be careful where you put your toothbrush in your bathroom because, just a side note, keep your uh, toothbrush at least five feet away from your toilet Uh-oh. because as you flush, Ugh. you get those micro um, droplets and right. you don't want that on your toothbrush. So too. everything that you just flushed on Three the toilet. Three feet yeah. is not okay. Is what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. And okay. then because you got the backsplash and then you have to cover your toothbrush as well, which I do not. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. So I'm brushing my teeth with fecal every day is what you're saying? Yep. Mm, there you go. Great. Number seven is used razor blades. I have a, a razor that I don't use often because my skin doesn't really like razor blades, but I do keep it in my in my medicine cabinet. Why is that a bad thing? Again, cold and dark. Anything that's cold and dark can breed bacteria. Mm. And when you're shaving, you know, it's against your skin. Uh, we have normal flora again on our skin. So putting it in a cold, dark place is going to uh, brew some other bacteria growing. So you don't want to uh, store it there and keep using it. Okay, number eight. I just started taking gummy vitamins and it says not to put them in medicine cabinet. Yeah, this one I definitely have in my medicine cabinet. I do, right. yeah. Why is that? Well, gummies are really good and I mean, you can get about anything in a gummy formation. The problem here is access. So children... You know oh, okay. what? So any kind of medication that looks, you know, bright color, looks good. We all like gummy bears. Yeah. And they're going to mistake that for some type of candy. So kids might have, get access to that and overdose or something harmful could happen. So it's not bad for the, the vitamin. It's more of an access thing than it is. actually. Absolutely. Okay. So it's okay to put those in there if you don't have kids because there's yes. no children in my house. Yeah. Home. But if when I have kids, I mean, if I've got those like melatonin gummies and I got weed gummies and I mean, I've got everything in gummy form, I need to put that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. put that like on the top of the fridge. Top shelf. Number nine is hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol this is in my medicine cabinet i have rubbing alcohol why is that well you know what we think of this when we think of first aid you know rubbing alcohol on things the truth is it's it's okay for minor abrasions small cuts but if anything huge or big big wound you don't want to use it and the truth is once you put it in there again it's cold dark place and over time it's going to lose its potency so don't put it in your medicine cabinet what i've learned from this is that i really Mm -hmm. need to find a cold dark place Right? Exactly. Everything should be in a drawer. Yeah, just everything should be borderline in a refrigerator. Last thing is liquid bandage. Is this like Neosporin or something like that? Um, Not quite Neosporin, but I think you can apply this to the same concept. These are liquid bandages where instead of using Band-Aids, it's almost like... um, a chemical or sometimes it's a powder that you can put on the wood and it kind of seals it like a oh. dermabond type of thing. Some people do that with super glue. Yeah. Mm, no. They're not supposed Definitely to do that. do not use super glue. In emergency situations, 
I've heard like if you have an emergency and you cut yourself and you can't cover it up with anything if you use super glue. That's what I've heard okay. someone say. Before. What happens afterwards? Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know. So the problem with super glue and liquids. She's like, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Don't do so it. okay. So no. <laughs> no, because you really want to make sure that it's the laceration is clean. There's no bacteria, no objects in there, and get to a healthcare provider if you need to close it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So what should you be putting in there really quickly? Yeah. What the hell it should go like in there? Just an empty cabinet now. <laughs> well. Let me say this. It's so it's all going to be about um, how often you're using a product. So if something that you're actually using every day and it's safe, there are no kids in the in the house. You know, you can keep these in there, um, but you just got to be careful that you're looking at expiration dates and that um, it's not too cold and too yeah. dark in there. But tell people where they can find you on the social media before we go. Oh, sure. You can find me on all social media platforms at Ask Nurse Alice, and I also have a website, AskNurseAlice.com. So nice. check me out. I'm, I'm slightly offended that you didn't bring flu- free flu shots for us. I mean, you oh, are a nurse. Well, actually, I have it in my purse. We you can do? do yeah. Alright, let's get down to it. <laughs> Next time, we'll do flu shots. Thank yes. you so much, Nurse Alice, America's favorite nurse. You can find her at Ask Nurse Alice everywhere. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Um, really excited about Nurse Alice. Me too. Um, that went really. That was really cool. I have a lot of uh, changes to make in my uh, <laughs> in my medicine cabinet when I get home. I'm just gonna throw everything in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, quickly, just wanted to reiterate that we are uh, giving you a great opportunity to fly out here to Los Angeles. If you don't live here already, we will take you out for a happy hour at the world famous Abbey. It's a great fun time, I believe. Love Line is there on a regular basis. We're gonna put you up in an amazing hotel. We're also gonna cap it off. We're not just gonna send you home after that. We're gonna send you to We Can Survive, which is an incredible concert that they put on every year. They've got a killer lineup this year. Taylor Swift, Lizzo, the Jonas Brothers, Camilla Cabello. So all you have to do, it's very simple. Go to wearechannelq.com and enter to win. Very nice. I cannot wait for a weekend survive. I That's cannot wait. Blast. I can barely survive. So, we, But we will. But we will. We will. We will and we, we can. can. Um, okay, Allie, you've got the gayest news headlines of the week. I do, I do. Gay. Gay, 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 gay. So gay. <laughs> all right. So we had quite a list of nominations, which I shared yesterday, and then I put on Instagram story for everyone to vote. And if you did not participate this week, good news, there is always a chance to vote next week as long as you follow us at DTS Show. This week's nominees were the following. Headline number one. A, uh, head, headline number one. Sorry, I got some stupid scam call just now. Nudging meat <laughs> off the menu. That is the first headline. I mean, come on. That's good. Headline number two. In the age of velocity, catchers are feeling the heat. Mm. Headline number three. Caught in the act, a black hole rips apart an unfortunate star. Oh, God. And then finally, headline number four. Woman rescues kitten that turns out to be a bobcat. Kitty cat. Kitty cat. Well, the voting is in. We have tallied the results. And the winner this week is... Headline number three, caught in the act, a black hole rips apart an unfortunate star. Really? Yes. That was the winner? You don't agree? I, I'm we can just, do a recount. I mean, I the Electoral College is going to ruin that whole thing, so it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, we've had a lot go on today. We have, yes. We've had Dr. A- Jen. We've had Nurse Alice. We've had- Very medical show. We had we, a very medical show. We ate a year-old cake, and my stomach is alive. I guess. Yeah, you're doing fine. I, 
<laughs> you sound a little bit surprised. <laughs> yeah, you're actually doing okay. You're doing a lot better than I thought. I mean, you're good. Yeah. You look good. And to top it all off, we've got some happy endings for we you. We do. Also, just quickly want to point out that the scam call I just received is from Gaylord, Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. There's a gay news headline. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> you have usurped the, the unfortunate star headline. Justin, what's your happy ending? Justin's got... What? Do you sec? Oh, he needs another moment. Allie, what you got? Uh, all right. Sure, it might be unfortunate that some schools are nixing Halloween. They're getting rid of the parties. They're getting rid of the costumes. And that's tough for kids and for schools. But on the bright side, at least they're not having all hands meetings about it. Because <laughs> that would be even more inappropriate. And inclusive in a bad way. Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, Justin. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time for my happy ending. I'm going to do it popcorn reading style. Okay. Popcorn Mark Zuckerberg. So it's, so it's, um, so basically, Come on, you it's, got this. uh, it, and, um, Come on. <laughs> so I, I, oh, oh tough. he really jarreded that one. He really wow. did. You know, I don't appreciate that because I actually have a really good happy ending today. Okay, you go ahead then. I may need to empty out my medicine cabinet because I'm apparently a terrible excuse of a human being. Is that it? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's a show. I rest my case. I was going to say, I did end it with, but look at the bright side. Ellipsis. Just like this. That's nothing. Popcorn, Jared, go. Exactly. Uh, All (laughs) right. That's the show for us. We thank you so much for joining us. You can find all of our shows uh, as as podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to leave us a a review. We really appreciate hearing from you all. Let us know what you think. Five stars is obviously what we want to do that. Yeah, Um, please. And um, Nurse Alice is coming back next week, and she's going to give us flu shots. Yes, we're going to get live flu shots on the air a week from today. So don't go anywhere. You sit there for one week. (laughs) On the net. On the next, drop the subject. On the next show, we have our tried and true gay MA on deck. Plus, we'll talk to a legislator in a state that just passed a new law that requires schools to teach about historical LGBTQ figures like Marsha P. Johnson and Frida Kahlo and Sally Ride. And now to comment on this issue, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, who's your favorite queer historical figure? So it's so Come it's on. um say anyone. So basically, do this. literally any uh, name. More like face palm. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern on the new Channel Q.